So welcome to the Vet SOS Show, brought to you by the Who You Know Network. Remember, don't drown in the sea of transition. Grab the Vet SOS Lifeline. I hope you're ready for some extreme knowledge bombs here. We got a very special guest in Mark Overberg, uh, who is the director of uh, Army Retirement. Uh, he's going to be sharing us sharing with us a ton of information here. Uh, so we're going to make sure that uh, we get right to the questions here as quickly as we can. We want to continue to thank everybody for streaming uh, and pairing their channels with us to continue to help us get the word out on the show. As always, I'm here with my partner, Mark. Mark, how are you doing today? Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining. Uh, don't forget to rep your city, rep your post, rep your duty station. Let us know where you are tuning in from. I'm going to give you some shout outs. Outstanding. Absolutely. So Mark Overberg started his Army career as an all-source intelligence analyst, which is one of the reasons why I love you, because you know I'm an intel analyst. Uh, so definitely an upstanding person here. Uh, he then went on to become an armor officer. During his distinguished career, Mark had been stationed in Germany and the U.S., deployed to South Florida in support of Hurricane Andrew recovery operations, Haiti in support of Operation Uphold Democracy, Uzbekistan and Afghanistan before ending his career assigned to the Army G1. Mark is currently the director of Army Retirement Services, where he is responsible for all Army Retirement Service policies and oversight of the program's delivery to 185,000 soldiers of all three components with 17 plus years of service and 1.25 million retired soldiers and surviving spouses, as well as strategic level program communication. That is not only impressive, but a much needed uh, service. And we're so proud to have you on here, Mark. How are you doing today? I'm doing great today, Sean, and I really appreciate the uh, opportunity to talk to your audience. And we're real happy to have you on here, uh, knowing that uh, you you are the man. You are the one that you know helps us make that transition, um, and uh, just uh, real curious to 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 hear about the uh, not only the retirement planning process itself, but things in post-retirement, and I know you're going to uh, tip us off to a little bit of that uh, as we go. Um, so you caught me right before we started with that statistic, so I want to bring that up again. You, you were saying that only 17% retire from the Army, and DOD-wide, it's about 19%. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, it, the average across the Army is 17%, uh, and, that, and if you break it out uh, based off officer and enlisted, it's only about 10% of enlisted state of retirement and about 30% of officers. Wow. That's, mm. That seems amazing to me because like, I'm going through the process right now. And as you go through it, you're there with 100 people. You just sort of make the assumption that there are tons of people doing it. Um, that, that number is amazing. Well, there are actually a, a, a ton of people uh, from active duty and AGR, about 20,000 per year retire from the Army. And then from the Guard and Reserve in the drilling capacity, about 10,000 a year transition to the what we call the gray area. So about 30,000 per year total. Okay, okay, 30,000. Yeah, it's just that number just still catches me. It just, it seems... Seems really low, but I mean, it's yeah, 50%. yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's surprising the numbers, and and when you think in terms of uh, retirement, uh, how much the the military pays 
uh, out for retired pay. That's one of the other things. It's an eye catcher. It's about uh, $22 billion a year mm. Mm. in retired pay and the survivor benefit plan. Uh, so. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So as you prep for this whole thing for retirement, as from the soldier standpoint, um, I always hear different numbers. So one, one number is, you know, 12 months out, you got to do tap uh, and do all that. Then you hear at 18 years, 24 months out is when you can start doing it. And then I've also heard that you should be doing it 36 months. If not from the day you enlist or join the military, you should be planning your retirement. Um, so what, what is, what is the recommendation that we really should be following when it comes to the retirement? Well, when I retired back in 2007, the guidance was start start your planning four months out. Um, that was really not enough time to do planning because I took 90 days of terminal leave. And and over the years, we've figured out that uh, it it's quite uh, it's quite a challenge. There's a lot of things to do, a lot of decisions, a bit of research to do, and so we've been slowly moving it to the left. So right now what I tell soldiers is uh, 36 months out, you need to start planning. Now, if you want to start before that, that's even better. But 36 months out is when you need to start figuring out some of the big things like when, when do I actually want to, you know, pencil in a date? Um, where do I want to do it? Where do I want to retire to? Uh, and, and who are the, the people who are going to help me do that? Uh, so at the 36 month mark, you should be able to start penciling in those things and figuring out and starting having discussions with your family, you know, because that's going to ab absolutely impact uh, what you do. Uh, okay. So, so 36 months for retirement. Um, I, I was just uh, in touch with uh, human resources command yesterday. And so they used to say 12 months out for tap. You have to take tap 12 months out. Uh, and then they about a year ago started saying 12 to 18 months for retiring service members. Now the army is saying you can start tap 36 months out. Wow. Yeah. So that's, a, that's a, a new change and for us. So one of the key things that um, people confuse is everybody knows about tap because tap is a law and, and it gets tracked very closely. Um, not everybody understands that there's a different thing you have to do if you're retiring. So TAP is for everybody, whether you're leaving after one or two terms of service or you're leaving after 30 years, you have to do TAP. Even if you're general officers, they have to do TAP. But the uh, retirement planning seminar is something different. And that's something that uh, everybody who's retiring has to do. And we urge them to, to do it 24 to 36 months out because that's what opens your eyes to the things that you've got to do and the deta decisions and the, and the plans you have to make. No, that, that's a great point. Now, did that 36 month, has that been pushed out? Uh, is it a policy yet or? Uh, it, it has not been pushed out. Um, there, how I knew about it is one of the resources we retirement planning resources that, that we created, uh, about four years ago, is the Army's retirement planning newsletter called Change of Mission. 
and uh, up until now, I've been the editor of it, and I just handed it off to a new employee, and she sent me the uh, October edition for review. One of the articles in there comes from Human Resources Command, and it's talking about TAP, and that's where they put uh, the 24 to 36 months out for taking TAP if you're retiring. So, yeah, that, that is coming out. That's maybe a little, uh, I'm stealing some of their thunder, but. Uh, We're breaking yeah. news here, breaking news. Because, <laughs> you know, when you're active duty, you hear all kinds of different rumors, if you will, about things that are changing, coming down the pipe. Um, and and some sometimes as it goes through each echelon, it, you know, by the time you actually learn about it, it could be, you know, forever. Because I know. Two years ago or a year ago, there was a rumor that they were going to push the retirement. You could submit your retirement two years out instead of one year. <laughs> Guess I'm not put you on the spot. You don't have to talk about that one. But no, no, no. I, actually, um, it's not official yet. Um, we are uh, about to start a a pilot uh, where uh, service members will be required to submit. Or, this is Army Army policy that we're we're talking about. Uh, service members will be required to submit for retirement at least 12 months out, but no, uh, no more than 24 months out. So moving the, the time frame from 9 to 12 to 12 to 24 months out, that'll allow soldiers to, if, if they know retirement is what they really, where they're going to go and they don't want to do more than that, um, they can submit, they'll, once we implement this, it'll start in January, but uh, once we implement it, they'll be able to put in their request for retirement 24 months out, and that should prevent them from PCSing and, and start to put them on the glide path to retirement. That That's going to be huge. Uh, there's quite a few people I met that fell into the, the window of having a PCS because it was a month or two before they were able to submit. And, um, so, yeah, that, that's a big one. That That's are, Mark, are, are there um, changes coming down the pipeline to the TAP program and some of the, the skill sets that they're, they're teaching that are related to transition, some of the tactical right pieces like um, not just resume, but more of the maybe maybe to phrase it, the who you know, right, of it and the networking side? Um, is that becoming more of a, a focus for the TAP program? Well, I have to be careful here. Uh, I, I am the Army policy guy, but for retirement, not for transition. So okay. the, the, the Army policy guy for transition actually resides at uh, Human Resources Command. So I've got to be careful not to speak about stuff in his lane because I'm not necessarily the subject matter expert and definitely not the policy proponent. Uh, so uh, I'm afraid I can't answer that one. I understand. We can get around to playing uh... – Stumping Mark here. Yeah, <laughs> we talked about it yesterday. I don't know how to play that game. Yes. <laughs> so, one of the things that I have heard it referred to quite a bit is that retirement is a process. You know, not just an event. You know, so we all have you know some sort of retirement event. You know, where we we have the family and everything, a little ceremony, whether it's the official on post ceremony or your own private thing. Well, why, why do we hear it referred to as a process? It, well, that's a, absolutely a truism. Um, 
if if the member thinks about retirement as an event, then they're foregoing all of that preparation, all that planning, and they walk out and and don't have a smooth landing in in retirement. So the the, to take the idea that it's a process means I have to do some preparation. I have to think through some things. It's not as simple as I think at first. And so there is a, there, that's why it's a 36 month process right now. There's a lot of details that people want to probably the, the, the three things, you know, when talking about retirement planning it was probably three things that people uh, trip up on. Uh, the first one is not starting soon enough. Uh, you know, some people think uh, it's 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 just out processing. No, it, it's not. It's about changing careers. It's it's about uh, changing a way of life that you've had for 20 to 30 years. Uh, so starting early and a lot of that planning is mental, gearing yourself up to doing something different in a different climate, a different atmosphere. Uh, so. Not starting early enough is, is one of the big ones. Uh, underestimating the amount of thought and work that's going to take. This is not out processing. There uh, is much more involved. Uh, and number three, not involving the family. Uh, involving the spouse and, uh, and, and the kids who are going to be impacted by it uh, is, is a, a key point. Uh, you know, on that thought, the... Uh, I urge service members to take their spouses as, as much as possible to the transition assistance program classes, to the retirement planning seminar, because number one, that's two, two sets of ears. And you know that when somebody says something to you and your spouse, he or she hears one thing and you hear something different. Uh, and, and it's a partnership in marriage, you know, and so uh, you divide up chores and things, you know, so maybe one person is the one who pays the bills and so manages the budget. Maybe one is the person who manages the health care in the family, especially if you have children. And so the other one, often that's the service member, doesn't uh, manage the health care in the family and doesn't think to ask questions that, like that that the spouse will do. So uh, that's huge. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to I'm gonna drop a bomb on that one um, because, again, in one of the previous shows, we talk about career transition, career transformation being financial transition, right? Um, and so, and that's actually the industry that I'm in. Um, so, one of my questions is, Sounds like they they address that, and I'm I'm prior service, not retired service, so I didn't go through that um, and get that information. But um, what kind of I guess pieces of that program on the financial guidance side is the Army currently offering? Can you talk a little bit more about that, and then what are they looking to maybe offer? Some of the things that they're looking to help with on the financial side of the transition. Sure. Uh, so in 2018, well, it, it was a 2016 law, but it got implemented the 1st of January 2018. Um, Congress implemented two new things in terms of retirement and financial preparation. Uh, the first one was the blended retirement system, and we could talk for 30 minutes on that by itself. 
Um, but that's a, a huge culture change. Uh, it, it causes service members to be responsible for a portion of their retirement. Uh, now it's not, you know, all paid by the government. You have to contribute to a portion of it. So that forces them to start thinking about that in retirement as soon as they come in. So that's a big change. Um, the other big part of the uh, that law was the the directive to for the services to provide uh, financial counseling at touch points throughout the career from the time the service member comes in to the time they retire. Um, that those are some touch points like that would be um, promotions, PCSs, having a child, getting married, um, and then of course in retirement planning. One of the big tools that I urge uh, service members who are planning for retirement to do, and they can do this at any point, but certainly you want to do it around three years out. Uh, go to another website that I run called the My Army Benefits website. At the My Army Benefits website, there is a retirement calculator. Uh, and when you go to that, it'll ask you, um, for your CAC card. So you put the CAC card in and what it does is first, of course, validate you are who you say you are. And then it reaches over into the Army Personnel System, which we're in the process of changing over to IPSA now. Uh, but it'll pull pertinent date, data from your personnel file into the calculator. So you don't have to know what your dean's date is or what that even is. Your pay entry basic date, your basic active service date. It pulls all that information into the calculator. So all you have to do is say, here's the date I want to retire. It'll know, based off your dean's date, which of the four retired pay plans you're under. So it'll know which formulas to use. And then uh, it'll, it'll calculate your retired pay for you. And and if you're not committed to a certain date, and you can say, all right, you know, how about this date? And then uh, then you can play what if games. What what if I stay an extra year? What what's that going to do for my retired pay? And so that's one of the financial uh, tools that we have for people who are retiring. Yeah, that's great to see that um, there are some there are some counseling opportunities there. Um, you know the, the the same the problem's the same, right? Whether it's in in the military or civilian sector, people just aren't getting help, right? Or or enough help, and so um, we see this all the time, right? In the civilian sector, because we we help tons of of career transition folks in the civilian sector, and you know there's a false sense of security, I think, and it sounds like that um, while the program is great. This new program, you know, starting 2018, and I had heard about that where there's going to be some skin in the game, right, on the service members. Um, now, it's not just all done in the pension for them, but, you know, that was a component of the military, even when I was in, right, because that program wasn't here. I was in, in the 90s, and and I got no financial counseling. I mean, let, I'll just be honest. I spent every dime I made because I was young and dumb and just, you know, had that city paycheck coming in. Um but I think a lot of people prior to this new program uh, have just had kind of a false sense of security where they know that they've got this pension coming in, but there's no real financial like counseling or guidance, even just some on maybe the basic budgeting. Right. Um, and so once you get into career transition as a military member, right, that paycheck is is coming in still. So but you've got a whole new set of maybe expenses, liabilities that you're addressing. And, you know, you've got even, even transition 
with the move, finding a new job, some of those expenses. Um, I think that that's important. And then tied in with that, you also had mentioned benefits, right? Because your benefits do change as well. Health, your family, you know, what they, what they qualify for and can get uh, to a certain extent and how that process is work because you're not on, on post or base anymore, right? Um, and so all of that changes too. So hopefully that that's part of that program too. And I'm guessing it probably is. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so the, um, the financial counselors there, those are, they have normal accreditation, certified financial planner, uh, ACH, there's different, uh, uh, accreditations, but they're all, and they typically, uh, work out of the army community service office. Um, but as far as the benefits goes, that's another part of the My Army Benefits website. There are, if you go into the benefits library there, it'll tell you based off of what type of service you're, you know, if you're a active duty, if you're a National Guardsman, if you're a retired, it, it, it'll tell you what your federal and your state benefits are. Uh, so you're absolutely right. There's a big change when you retire. And that's one of the things where you have to do a little bit of homework and figure it out. Healthcare is a big one. Um, there's some significant changes for healthcare when you retire and people just assume that what they have in service will continue afterwards, even in retirement, but that's not necessarily true. So that's part of the homework that uh, people need to do. Paired with this conversation then, um, how has that blended system been working, right? There's been a couple years, so people have been transitioning, um, and it's so new, right, that maybe the, the, the pudding isn't there, so we don't see the proof yet. But um, tell me kind of where that stands, what your evaluation of that program has, has been so far. So, yeah, it was started in 2018. So it's only been, you know, a little over four years. But the interesting thing is that um, every new soldier coming in comes in under the, the BRS, as we call it. Right now, for Army active duty, uh, about 60% of all soldiers now are under that system. Most of the, the senior folks are not. They're still under what we call the high three. Uh, some may be under the redux. There's only a couple still under the uh, final pay. Uh, so there's a bit of a, a change. So we don't know a lot of detail. Um, during that year of 2018, service members who had less than 12 years of service could opt into the new blended retirement system, but they're not going to be start retiring until around 2026. So we're not seeing the retirement end of the uh, impact yet, uh, but uh, it's, it's uh, surprising to people the number of, of service members that are under the new system already. And is that, is, it's a voluntary system, right? You can opt to, to save or not, or is it, is it mandatory? Great question. So uh, first off, in, in that year of 2018, it was voluntary for people with less than 12 years of service to opt in. Uh, people with more than 12 years of service could not. They stayed under the high three system. But once they're in, so let's take real quick a, a new soldier coming in, uh, the way it's set up, and this is taken off of civilian experience. The, the military has copied what works in the civilian uh, area. A new private coming in is automatically set up to put 5% of his base pay into the thrift savings plan. 
uh, and it's set in, in a fund. It's one of the life cycle funds. So it's a mixture of stocks and bonds. Uh, and that will gradually change automatically over time as he ages. So it's set up for a uh, uh, age appropriate life cycle fund. So the younger younger folks will have something that's a life cycle 2060 or 2065 when they plan to retire eventually. And so it, they can change that 5% down to zero if they want. Uh, the law will change, if they change it to zero, the law actually sets it back to 5% the following year. So they would have to, it's trying to, you know, set people on the right path uh, towards uh, towards retirement. And so, yeah, there, there is some flexibility. They can change things. Okay. Looks like Mark got kicked out somehow. Um, so we have uh, come down to the end of our first segment. The good thing is, though, we got Mark Overberg coming back for a second segment um, to talk more about the retirement process. We just dwelled a little bit on the pre-retirement uh, type stuff. And, and we could honestly probably do 40 episodes with you talking about both pre and post retirement. Uh, so much goes into it. Um, if you had to give one tip as we close this episode, one tip for service members, army service members preparing for retirement, what would that one tip be? Well, it's a combination start early in order to do your homework. I a hundred percent agree with that. I, I was so happy. I started early and, you know, hopefully uh, the seniors are talking to their juniors already about the whole process. But uh, we're going to go ahead and close this out. Mark, appreciate you so much coming on talking about this piece. Uh, we'd like to thank everybody for tuning into the Vet SOS show. And remember, don't drown in the sea of transition. Grab the Vet SOS lifeline.